Welcome to the Lifehouse Podcast. Our aim is that together we can love God, love others as we walk each step with Christ. We hope you find this message practical, encouraging and life-giving. Be blessed. It wasn't last week great. And, um, and Josh has uh, shared with us about our theme, which is deeper, wider, stronger. Uh, deeper, wider, stronger. Now, many of us know about the wider after Christmas and uh, all the good food. Who's a little bit wider? But Tash is speaking on wider next week, aren't you, Tash? So, yeah, strap yourselves in for that. That's going to be great. And uh, Jake is going to be speaking stronger. And, um, and today I get the privilege to speak on deeper. Our key verse is this, Psalm number 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. But those who delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his Lord day and night. That person is like a tree planted by the stream of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. That person is like a tree planted by the stream or the river, uh, which yields its fruit in season. Uh, whatever they do prospers. What a great verse. Uh, so today, uh, Tash during the week introduced me to something called the Blue Letter Bible. And it's, uh, what would you call it, a concordance? I don't know. It's like, it's, it's a kind of Bible app that's got lots of, uh, it's just kind of like a study app. And, I, and I'd had it on my phone for a while and I kind of wanted to be like one of those smart guys that understands this stuff. And, uh, and, but I didn't really understand this app. It's kind of clunky and I couldn't really get my head around it. But Tasha's like, oh no, you just do this and that. And so today I'm going to be doing a bit more of a teaching message on, on this verse. We're going to pull it apart. So today is a good day to write notes. Okay, so if you've never written notes before, you can. Pull out your phone. Don't look on Facebook. But uh, yeah, you can write some notes down if you want. If you want, you don't have to. But what I encourage you to do when you write notes is to, what I do is I write notes and um, I kind of like listen to what Josh is saying, one, but I listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying, number two, right? So I don't write down everything he says because I couldn't keep up. But I kind of listen to the things and when I hear him say something that kind of hits me in the heart, which is, you know, that kind of a, a nod on the inside where God says, that's, that's for you, you need to remember that, I'll write that down. Okay, so I just encourage you to do that, to write down and just listen to what, is, uh, what I'm saying. And if the Holy Spirit hits you in the heart with anything, go, okay, yeah, okay, God, I'm going to write that down. So then you can remember it. Sound cool? All right, so this verse that I read out, it's, it's kind of got two parts, right? It's kind of got two parts. The first part, it kind of says, those who... Those who do this, and, and it's talking about uh, walking, uh, it's talking about uh, standing, it's talking about sitting. Those who walk, stand and sit and who meditate on God's Word day and night, those people, those people are like 
a tree that's planted by the river that bears fruit in all seasons and all they do prospers, right? So it's got these two parts. One, those who do this are like this beautiful tree and there's fruit coming and it, it kind of doesn't matter whether it's it's hot or cold or, or the sun's shining or it's a, a storm or whether it's a, a kind of like a drought, it, it still goes okay. Does that kind of make sense how it's divided into these two sections? Those who dot, dot, dot are like. Now my kids, well, one of my kids goes to Mypalonga Primary School. They, they both used to, but Zoe's at Murray Ridge High now. Uh, did I say Mypalonga High School? No, no, Mypalonga Primary School. And so every day I drop them out there. And um, when you drive through Maipo, uh, those of you that have been out there, it's a river town, right? It's on the river and there's lots of orchards. And it's interesting that, that the orange trees there and the apricot trees and the different fruit trees, they, it's been a pretty bad drought, right? In the last kind of, this year's been not really very much rain. But I haven't seen any brown, dry-leaved orange trees at Maipalonga. They're still green, right? Because they're irrigated. There's, there's, they're, in a, they're in an orchard and there's a farmer that tends to them and looks after them and fertilizes them and, and waters them. Uh, this is this is kind of the the demonstration or the picture that the psalmist is wanting us to understand, because that's just not Maipalonga. I don't know if you realise this, but people have realised that if you plant a tree by a river, it does better. People have known that for a long time, probably about ten thousand years. Uh, when I studied. Egyptian history at school we learnt about the Euphrates River and how they would plant stuff on the edge of the river you, you guys know what I'm talking about this is it's not a new thing it's it's been around for a long time people realize that and the psalmist is writing this metaphor because he's know it's something that people understand people get it people understand that oh, okay yeah when you plant a tree by a river it, it's kind of like it does better it doesn't matter so much if it's a good year or a bad year it's it's kind of like money in the bank it's like a safe investment if you've got a seed and you've got a choice where to plant it you know if you can afford the land by the river you're going to put it there those who plant those who do this are like a tree planted by the river um it's kind of like investing money. If you have a job and you earn, you know, a number of $100 a week and you can save, let's say, $100 a week. Those who save $100 a week, if you could save $100 a week, put it in a bank account and not touch it, after one week, you would have $100. Maths, you know, it's my strong point. But after a year, if you could put $100 in the bank every week, after a year you would have, depending on bank fees and all that kind of stuff, you know, and, but let's assume that you would have $5,000, you know, 5200 
But, you know, if there's bank charges you know, or tax or something, you know. But, like, you'd have $5,000 roughly if you put $100 in the bank. But after 10 years, you'd have more than $5,000. You'd have $50,000, right? And after 50 years, you'd have $2.5 million. Right? That, and that's if you just put in a shoebox under your bed. It'd have to be a big shoebox. You know, if you put it in the bank, there's all kinds of other things. But that's the thing. It's like those who do this are like a tree planted by the river. Those who put $100 in a shoebox under their bed, after 50 years, they'll have $2.5 million. Right? It's like it doesn't just happen overnight. Those is, is, you know, you don't get two and a half million after one week or after 10 years. Do you know what I mean? But, but it's a thing. It's, it's, I'm talking about financial, like financial growth, financial health. Um, that, that illustration doesn't really sum up what this verse is talking about because um, it's just finance. It's probably more similar to uh, physical health. So if you, uh, those who just eat sugar, imagine if you decided... All I'm going to eat is sugar. You know, I feel the calling of the Lord. And uh, that white stuff, that's just sweet. I dropped a bag of sugar on the kitchen floor this morning. It went everywhere and I was just like, ugh. But sugar, you know, how good is it? Sugar. It's just the best. And so, you know, if you decide I'm just going to eat sugar every day, you know, those who eat sugar... Well, after a year, if you survive, yeah, your teeth will probably fall out from scurvy. You'd be severely malnutritioned. If you just ate sugar, those who just eat sugar will probably die, right? You'd be pretty not very well. But, but those who eat a balanced diet, you know, meat, vegetables, do a bit of exercise, those who do that, are going to have health. You know, in a year, you're going to be healthy. You're going to be strong. You're going to be productive. And, and this is kind of what this verse is saying. Those who do these things, these five things that this verse is talking about, you'll be like a tree planted by the stream. It is, it's, a, it's health, but it's not just physical health it's talking about. It's talking about more like, more like emotional, relational, spiritual Health. The Bible calls it life. It's it's life. It's like this thing that's hard to put a a finger on what it is, but it represents growth and life and so this verse says that there's five choices we need to make. Five choices we need to make. If we want to be that tree. Like that tree planted by the stream, there's five choices that it talks about. So the five choices are this. Where we walk, where we stand, where we sit, what we meditate on in the day, and what we meditate on in the night. Who's ready? Got your notes? Got your notes ready? All right, here we go. Point one. Walk. Point one is walk. Where the first choice we need to make is where we walk. So me and Holly 
we sometimes walk together, um, hand in hand, maybe a little bit romantic on the beach or maybe just around the block for a bit of exercise. We walk, but we walk at different speeds. Okay, so Holly's a fast walker and, uh, and I'm a slow walker. And I don't really know, to be honest, how she does it because her legs are pretty short. <laughs> but she's a fast walker and I'm a slow walker. And, and we, you know, so if we're going to walk together, there needs to be a compromise. And usually she compromises and walks slower because I don't, I don't have the capacity to walk fast. I don't know how she does it. So she compromises because I just can't, I can't do it. And I don't know if there's something wrong with my hips. But, you know, I just, I don't know, I just can't. If I walk fast, I feel like I'm a model on a catwalk or something, you know. Like, I just can't do it, okay? I don't get it. But Holly, she can walk fast and she gets those motors spinning and, you know. But me, it just doesn't work for me. I'm a slow walker. It's true, isn't it? I don't know why I can't walk fast. I just struggle. It's an issue. Pray for me. You know, I think it's my hips. They don't swing enough. But this verse is saying it matters who we walk with. Like it matters who we walk with. It says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. And in the Amplified, it says, uh, Following their advice, plans, and purposes. So this blue letter Bible thing is cool because I, I thought I'll break down these words and work out what it actually means. So I looked at the word walk because of course the original Bible was not written in English. It was written in ancient Hebrew. And sometimes our words line up but sometimes there's more meaning that if we lean in and look at it we can understand it more. So this word uh, walk the, the one that was originally written in the manuscripts is the word halak. And it means, it means literally to walk. But it also has some other context with it. It, it, it kind of means to live. Um, so, you know, like um, if, if you maybe were, were talking to someone that might be a bit of a hippie or something like, who loves hippies? I like, I like people that are kind of a bit... Uh, what do you call it? Alternative, yeah, that's that's cool. So, so uh, you know how someone of that type of of mentality might say, "Well, it, this is this is my path," you know, "this is my walk." It, talking about their life, it means that as well. It doesn't just mean walk, but it means like your life, you know, your direction, your path. Um, it also means um, like to be led. Okay, kind of like how you might walk a dog. You know how if you, if you say, I'm going to walk the dog, it doesn't just, it, you're actually leading it. Okay, so, so this verse has got this stuff contextually in it. And it's important to understand that when we're looking at the Psalms, these are Psalms, they're kind of poems. There's a lot of layers of depth to them. They're not just like someone writing down some good ideas, but they're written beautifully with multiple levels of meaning. Um, and so this word walk in, in the way, uh, what is it? Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. It's, it's not just saying, oh, don't, don't walk around with people that are wicked. It's, it's talking about a bigger context. Don't be led by them. 
don't don't uh, follow their life you know don't be don't be led don't kind of uh, live in that way so my question is this who are you walking with who are you walking with and not literally it's you know maybe who who you're walking with around the around the block to get exercise in the morning and all that stuff but but on a deeper level who are you looking to to set your goals or paths? That's what this verse is really saying. Who are you following? And maybe literally, who are you following on social media? Like, who are you following? Who are you looking to to, to help you set your goals? Is it Beyonce? Are you following Beyonce as a Kardashian? Okay, well, I really, you know, like Kim's style, so I'm, I'm following her. And... In all seriousness, we, we look to, to certain people. It might be people in our workplace. It might be relatives. It, it, it might be someone on social media. But that's what this verse is. Who are you walking with? Where are your goals being set? Who are you looking to? Blessed are those who don't walk with the wicked. Okay? Who are you walking with? So if we want to be like that tree planted by the river, we think about who we're walking with. Twenty twenty. Let's be wise about that. Point two. We've got to make a choice around who we stand with. Part two is a uh, point two is the stand. In the way that sinners take. Stand. Standing. Who knows making a stand is important. A few years ago when I was a youth uh, pastor, we made this funny video called uh, Standing Stand. And we, um, we got my brother dressed up in a trench coat and we put him in places where you wouldn't normally stand. Okay, so we had him standing in the bathtub. You know, just standing there. And we just opened the door and took the camera in there he's just standing in the bath we had him standing on a bed we had him standing all kind of places because i don't know if you get it but you, you, if you stand in the bath it doesn't work right you you can't stand in it like it's you can do it it's fine but it's not really going to do any you know what i'm saying it's not going to it's not going to help you, you can stand in a bed just all night you know we so we can open the door turn the light on like because it was dark and then and he's just standing there, you know, with his sunglasses and a trench coat in the middle of this bed. It's, it doesn't work, right? You're not, you're not going to sleep standing up. And so we did all this crazy stuff with him standing. So kind of like there's places that you're supposed to stand and there's places where you're not meant to stand. And, and so it kind of matters where you stand. It matters what you stand for. And this verse here says, Blessed are those who do not stand in the way that sinners take. Now this word stand in the Hebrew means, it means literally stand, but it also means like delay and remain. It's like, it's almost like this picture that other people walk on and they're, someone's still kind of standing. You delay. And... Um, the word path, standing in the path, means 
are like habits, manner, character. So it matters how you walk and it matters where you stand. This, this second part, I think, is more about the idea of who you, who you, who's shaping your habits, who you're with that, you, that you're just becoming like. So walking's about your goals and the people you're looking to. Uh, the standing bits around your habits and your character and, and who you're spending time with and, and you're starting to copy their behavior. So let's make some decisions about that this year. Point three, sit. Sit. When I was in year eight, um, we had a geography teacher. And, and she was lovely. She was called Miss Kanukfa. And, um, but the kids, they would be a bit mean to her for some reason. I, just She was pretty serious, took her job pretty serious. And uh, my friend Simon, he was a bit of a prankster. And um, this one particular day, he said, guys, guys, and he got the whole class together while we were waiting for Miss Knuckford to come. He said, guys, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a drawing pin on her chair. And it will be so funny. And now we were year eight, so we weren't, you know, heaps smart and didn't realize that was not a very nice thing to do. We just thought, oh, yeah, that would be funny. And, um, and so, you know, he, he kind of gets the chair, the teacher's chair at the front, and he places this drawing pin, you know, right, right in the middle of that chair. And, and then, you know, we all, all get ready and we're sitting at our tables. And the che- teacher walks in, and, and for a change, we're actually kind of paying attention and sitting there listening to her. And she knew something was up. I could see she was looking at us thinking, why, why are you guys behaving? This is, this is weird. And, you know, she, she stood there at the classroom back in the day when we had kind of blackboards and chalk. And she kind of, yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and, you know, she kind of was writing stuff on the board. And then, and, and the whole class, we're all just waiting. <gasps> just waiting for her to sit down like naughty kids. Anyway, she, she goes over to the desk and, she, and she's about to sit down and we're all like, And she stood back up and she knew, she's like, what's going on? Like, what? And we're, we're like, you know, anyway, she goes back and sl- slowly she kind of sits down on the chair and we're all, <gasps> and then nothing happened. Nothing happened. And we're like, we're all looking to each other like, what? And, and, and the guy behind Simon's tapping him on the shoulder, Simon, did you put it? And he's like, yeah, I don't know. He's looking around. Everyone's like, what's going on? And, and she jumps up and she's like, what's going on? She starts walking up and down. What are you up to? And she walks down. And as she walks past the front aisle, the whole aisle start laughing. And so she turns around to look at them and say, what are you laughing about? And then the rest of the class starts like, because... See, Simon had put the pin right in the middle of the chair. And she had great posture. And she happened to have sat down. So, so for you guys that want to pull a prank, you've got to put the pin off center. Okay? If you're wanting to do this kind of thing. And she managed to perfectly sit down in the right way that there was no harm done. I won't go into details. But she was fine. And I, actually, to be honest, I'm glad because she was a nice teacher. But she was fine. And all of us, we, we had a bit of a laugh. And, 
Uh, a few of us got suspended. <laughs> but it was great. So it matters. It matters where you sit. Okay, it matters where you sit. It says, Blessed are those who don't sit in the company or in the seat of mockers. The word sit is the word yashav, which, which doesn't just mean sit. It actually has a, a bigger meaning like dwell or abide. Um, it, it's got this connotation of dwelling place. It's probably closer to the word in English that we use for like squat, squatter. You know what I mean? But squatter kind of has this connotation that you're somewhere where you don't belong and it's for a short time. You know, it, it squat means to literally squat down, but it also means to kind of, you can squat where, you, where you're kind of living, right? And that's what this word to sit means in the Hebrew. It means to kind of sit down and, and be there in that place, like a home, like a habitation. And so it says, don't sit. Blessed is the one who doesn't sit with mockers, ridiculers, shallow thinkers, it means. Uh, quick to, to mock or disdain people that are critical. People that are, are critical, people that are not positive, people that tear down. So who are you doing life with? Who do you sit down with? Who are you sharing meals with? You know, they might not be wicked or evil, but are they critical? Are they quick to judge, tear people down? Do they seek to understand, choosing to be positive and honoring people? Or are they mockers? And these first three choices that the psalmist is saying, that God's word is saying, is saying, hey guys, if you want to be the tree that is planted by the river, that bears fruit in all seasons, these things matter. Where, who you walk with, where you stand and, and where you sit, who you sit with matters. It's saying it doesn't, it's not just harmless, but it affects your fruit. And it doesn't just affect your fruit, but it affects how you're going to cope when there's a drought, when things are going wrong. These things matter. And God's speaking this to, into our lives not because he's a big killjoy, because he's trying to devastate us, but he's saying, guys, I want, I want life to go well with you. I want you to be firmly planted. That's wisdom. Is that, is that good? I'm not going too hardcore? So one, two, and three, done. We've got two more. Choice number four. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his Lord day and night. So choice number four is what you meditate on in the day. What you meditate on in the day. So what does it mean to meditate? Um, meditate has kind of two core meanings. Um, I was aware of one. I knew that meditate had something to do with your brain and what you think about. 
So um, the Blue Letter Bible says that the ancient Hebrew means to, to muse, kind of like to think over, to kind of obsess on, to go over in your mind. That's kind of like to, to think. That's one meaning. Um, the other meaning, which I wasn't aware of, it means uh, to, to meditate. The word also means to roar like a lion. To roar, to growl, or to groan. So it's a it's a active thing. It's something that's talking about a sound that comes out of your mouth. There's a thinking part to it, and there's a a speaking part to it. Meditation isn't just what you think about, but it's what you say. Interesting, hey? I didn't I didn't know that. Now I'm. Very, very, very good at meditating. I have a very active brain and a pretty active mouth. (laughs) I'm very good at meditating. Very good at it. My brain is quite obsessive. Certain things grab my attention... And take me on some pretty interesting journeys. I've had seasons in my life where I've thought very little other than about guitars. I've had seasons in my life where I've thought very little apart from girls. I've had seasons in my life where I've thought very little apart from surfing. I've had seasons in my life where I've thought very little about coffee. Uh, than about coffee. I've, I've thought about pretty much just archery for other seasons and hunting and rifles and cars. And does anyone know someone that's a bit obsessive and just kind of like gets into a zone? Please let me have a brother or sister in the house. <laughs> you know, you know what it's like, right? And probably most of you know what it's like to be with someone that's a bit like that, right? So, so. We're meditating, right? We're meditating on stuff. It's going in our brain. We're thinking it over. It's coming out. Hey, Holly, did you know about, would you like me to tell you more about the the one-inch group, one-inch MOA group of my my rifle shooting on the weekend? You know, surely you want to know how many grains of powder I put in that bullet. No, she doesn't care. But I care. (laughs) Anthony Smith cares. Thank you, Anthony. Like people, we, we kind of want to talk about it. We want to get involved in it. And it might not be about kind of my interest, but there might be other things that you go around in your head. It might be about building your house or, or other things that you're interested in, your garden or, or whatever that is, is your muse. It might be your growl or it might be your groan that comes out of your mouth. But it's meditation, right? But God, he doesn't want me to meditate on rifle grains. He doesn't want me to talk about how many MOA my target kind of score is with my rifles. He wants me to meditate in a different way. In uh, Matthew, Mark and Luke, there's this beautiful parable called the parable of the sower. And um, this parable is about going deeper. It's about going deeper. Things that stop. It's, it's about things that stop the seed taking root and going deeper into the soil. 
it starts off with talking about this idea of, of the sower who, 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 shares, who shares his seed out and, um, and it lands on the, the path and the birds pick it up. And that's kind of more about people maybe that, that haven't received God at all, that maybe it hasn't, haven't received what God has from them that aren't interested. But for Christians, there's, there's really two things that are interesting for us and that are, that are relevant to us. And that is, is the first one is the weeds. It says that, that God's word is like a, a, a farmer who, who shares his seed out and, and it goes into a place and the weeds come up. Okay. Now the thing about weeds is this. Weeds grow when there's rain and sun. Okay. Weeds are daylight things. They're things of the day. You remember I said meditate on God in the day. Right? This is the weed zone. Weeds are things of light. Weeds are things that come up when everything's going right. If we want to go deep, literally what this verse is saying, if you want to go deep, we need to meditate on God's Word in the day. Don't forget about God. To build our life on Him when everything's going right. You know, don't, we're not to be that kind of person that, that only rings when something's going wrong. You know that friend that, that he doesn't really have much to do with you until he needs help. Like, let's not be that person. Let's meditate on God during the day. It's, it's talking about making a, a habit, a daily habit, to start the day with meditating on God's Word. If we want to be that tree planted by the stream bearing fruit, meditate in the day. It's talking about our daily habit, our time with God, yeah? So let's make that 2020. Point five, choice number five is, is what we meditate on in the night. So what is a night? Night in this verse literally means night, but it also means season of gloom or adversity. Who knows that everything seems worse at night? Who knows that kids, if they're going to throw up, it's usually at night. Who knows that kids are going to have a fever, it's at night. You know, Timothy's nodding, yeah, yeah, you know. It's like kids are sick at night and everything seems worse at night. In the morning, it just feels a little bit better. The night is hard time. If you're going to get broken into, it's usually at night. If the dog's going to go crazy barking, it's usually at night. You know, night represents the hard times when things are going wrong. In the parable, there's two things for Christians. Weeds and the other is rocks. Rocks that are under the soil, they're in a dark place. And in this parable, the rocks represent offense. They represent trials and tribulations when things go wrong. And the psalmist is saying, those who, who, those who meditate in the night, not just meditate in the day, not just choose their friends well, but who meditate on God in the night. They put their thoughts on God when everything's going wrong. They're the ones who have fruit. They're the ones that have fruit in all seasons, in the bad season and the good season, right? That's literally what he's saying. Meditate in the night, when it's dark, when things are not going okay. Like I said, I'm great at meditating. I'm really good at it. It's just what I meditate on is sometimes not ideal. 
last week um my fence was getting fixed up and so it was down and and my dad has goats who likes goats and i was in the house and um and i was kind of watching tv and i could hear this bang 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 sound i thought what what is that and i kind of ignored it and i the dogs in something, but the dogs were inside, and so it wasn't wasn't that. And I kept hearing it, and anyway, I went to the back door. I looked out, and Dad's goats had got into my yard, and they they were walking around on my car. <laughs> Last time I spoke, I talked about this Toyota Crown that I dearly love and how I want to do it up this week. And it's in my carport and they were tromping around on my car. And so I swung the door open. I got out there. I start yelling on them, yelling at them, saying, get off my car, you stupid goats. And waving my arms around. Anyway, I got one and I kind of pushed it off. And but then the dog was in the house. That followed me outside and that started going crazy and chasing them. So I was pulling the goat off the car and the dog was then trying to bite it. And so these two goats were jumping off the car and going around it and then jumping back on the car because the dog... And literally, I was like, I'm yelling like, get off, dog, get away. And, the, and literally for about five minutes, they're, they're jumping on the car. And they're up the windscreen and down and they smash the mirror off and they're running all around. And one butted me in the, in the, it butted me in the arm and I punched it in the head and broke my knuckle. It was a mess. And Holly comes out and she's like, she could hear the question, you okay? And by this time, you know, they'd finally kind of run off and I was like furious. I'm like, oh, oh, these stupid goats, you know, I'm going to kill them. Get the gun, you know. <laughs> and I'm kind of, and finally I kind of calm myself down. And what comes out of your mouth when there's a storm, when the, in the night is interesting, isn't it? Because I think it gives us a, an illustration of what's really going on. And what came out of my mouth was this. No, I was depressed. I'm like, nothing. What's the point? I said. What's the point of having goals and plans? What's the point if everything goes wrong? Everything goes wrong. These stupid goats and they wreck it and I was going to do this car up and nothing ever works out for me. And as I'm hearing this come out of my mouth, I'm like, what am I saying? What am I saying? Is that really true? No, it's not true. It's not true at all. But on some level, I must actually believe that because if I didn't, it wouldn't have come out, right? It's interesting. When the night is come and when there's oppression and when things go wrong, what comes out of our mouth shows what we're really meditating on. And what I really believe, and on some level, I must actually believe that there is no hope. It was hopelessness that came out. And that's not true. What comes out of your mouth in the night? When everything's going wrong, when your kids are sick, when you lose a job, when, when things are tough, when you've got a health problem, what's coming out of our mouth? Let's, 
Let's be aware of that 2020. Let's change what we meditate on. Because, yeah, that, was, that came out of my mouth for a moment. But you know what? I've got the Holy Spirit in me. And He's got a different meditation for me. And I'm not a victim. I'm a victor. And God has a future and a hope and He's got new things for me. He's got better than today for me. And I started to realize that there's something more. We can listen to the Holy Spirit in 2020. We can confess a new meditation in 2020. We can choose not to groan, but to growl the promises of God over our lives. We can let it come out of our mouth. We can be a little bit more like a tree planted by the stream. And my roots can go a little bit deeper. Our roots can go a little bit deeper. If the Holy Spirit can speak to me, He can speak to us, to our daily meditation, to our night meditation. When everything's falling apart, we're not victims, but we're victors. Here's some of the meditations. I'm going to finish with this. Would you like to stand? Here's some of the Word of God that I've written down in my phone, which I go over. And I go over these in the day and the night. So I encourage you, get into the Word in 2020. Start to write these things down so you can meditate on them. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8. The Lord Himself goes before you and He will be with you. He will never leave nor forsake you. Do not be afraid or discouraged. 2 Timothy says, If we are faithless, He remains faithful because He cannot disown Himself. Psalms 103 says this, He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His love for those who fear Him. And as far as the east is from the west, He has removed our transgressions from us. How good is that? Philippians 1.6 says this, Being confident of this, that He who began a good work in you will carry on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. He's not forgotten you. He's still working. Tomorrow's a new day. And 1 Peter 5 says this, So keep a firm grip on the faith. This suffering won't last forever. It won't be long before this generous God, who has great plans for us in Christ, eternal and glorious plans they are, will have you put together and on your feet for good. He gets the last word. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I just pray for 2020. God, we want to be like the trees planted by the stream that give fruit in all seasons. God, we know you have these blessings for us. God, we know we want to press into you. We don't want to run away from you, God. So help us to walk. Help us to stand and help us to sit where we should with people that are good for us. And God, help us to meditate when things are going good and distractions come at us. But God, we pray you'd help us to meditate on you in the dark, in the night, when things are going bad and it looks hopeless, God, we want to trust in you in 2020. In Jesus' mighty name.
Thank you for joining us this week. If you wish to connect with us, please send an email to info at life.house or come and see us at 170 Adelaide Road, Murray Bridge. And remember, the door is always open for you at Lifehouse. God's house, our home.